Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away. Whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that. A pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way. Bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around. Corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Frenzy has officially wrapped up. We have moved on to March. This is March. Wyatt, I know both you and I are so excited for that for a number of reasons, but for the UMAC, it is winding down. But we still have two teams to talk about and some other things as well. How are you doing now that we have finally reached this month that I know you and I enjoy and so many other people probably do as well? I don't have a list, Ryan, of like my top 10, 20 favorite days of the year, but I guarantee you half of them almost would be in this month alone. Today is one of them, the Mm. first day of the month of March, because it's the greatest month of the year as far as basketball goes, right? You've got NCAA tournaments on all three levels of uh, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. I mean, what more could you want? High school sports, which I know I maybe am uh, you know, a little bit biased with that because I cover a lot of high school events, but those are a ton of fun to watch. This is it doesn't get any better than this. So I'm doing great. I hope you are as well. And like you said, the ride's not over quite yet for every single UMAC team. A couple more still to come here the upcoming days. Yeah, and we know it'll be at least a little bit longer, but it is up to them obviously now at this point for how much longer the ride will go. And I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, you and I think, Wyatt, that uh, there could be some noise made from a UMAC representative this weekend, and we'll see how much farther that noise extends but uh we will get to that a little bit later as always folks would love to hear from you we are coming down the stretch but we want to finish this thing out strong and we will be continuing into the spring as well lord willing with a different sport so looking forward to that but as always you can let us know your questions comments concerns thoughts about what you are hearing each and every week multiple times a week at this point U-A-O, the UMAC at gmail.com or unlike any other, the UMAC, you can search us on Twitter. It's at U-A-O, the UMAC there as well. Let us know what you think. So, Wyatt, we have a couple teams to talk about. The two that have earned the right to play in March and represent the UMAC in the NCAA tournament that begins on Friday across the land in Division Three. But before we get there, there's a reason why We waited a little bit later in the week to record as well. And it's so we have the postseason awards officially signed, sealed, delivered both on the men's and women's side taking place earlier on this week. Do you want to start ladies first? If we look on the women's side of things, these ones released about midday on Wednesday. Yeah, that's fine with me. And as far as like the big ones go, not a ton of surprises here, really, in my opinion. And then, you know, we can work our way down maybe from first team, second team and so forth. But uh, I don't think you're necessarily surprised with player of the year, defensive player of the year. I mean, not really a huge shock, I think. No, I mean, I think, you know, first things first with player of the year, your eyes go there first. Northwestern won the conference. They were easily the most dominant team on the women's side this year. Who's the best player on the best team? Many people would say Lexi Hagan. She's the one who got it. And yeah. Wyatt, I think you could even ask her. She didn't have the greatest end to the season, but Northwestern's so deep that they didn't need her to. I mean, we don't even have to go back that far. The championship on Sunday, she had four points in the first couple minutes, didn't score from there, but she's still hmm. the player of the year. So obviously she's capable of much more than that. I mean, you know, you can read in the write-up what she did throughout the season for Northwestern. She was second overall in scoring, only behind Miranda Wagner, second in rebounding and first in overall field goal percentage and three-point percentage. So those numbers even show she was more than willing of earning that award. And then one of the other big ones at the top, Wyatt, I mean, both you and I would expect Coach Aaron Call to be Coach of the Year, not just because the Eagles won the conference. You and I have said so many times in the past, we are not saying the Coach of the Year has to be the team that wins the conference. I mean, I think we even said last year where it could have been, you know, on the men's side, at least thinking it 
could have not been Coach Gross. You could have made mm-hmm. a case for one or two other names. But this year, I mean, with Northwestern losing all they did and then how good their underclassmen were and, you know, they were a question mark going into the season, we thought they'd be pretty good, but not winning the conference as convincingly as they did, both in the regular season and then on top of it with the tournament title. It made sense, obviously, that he got it. When you look at first team or if you have any other thoughts on Coach of the Year, does anything else stick out to you? Yeah, no, not really. I, I, like you said, I mean, in, in this particular year, and this goes for the men's side as well, uh, I mean, the, the coach of the year, it, it made sense for it to come from uh, the team that it did. And, and, I mean, what Northwestern did was tremendous this season. And we even had a lot of questions going into the year about them. It wasn't like it was just around the league. Me and you each said when we sat down here and did our preview, we didn't know what we were going to get from them. And, and, you know, things obviously panned out a little bit differently throughout the course of the season. Megan McGow comes back and, uh, you know, they, they're off and rolling and, you know, they were unstoppable there for a good portion of the season. So absolutely deserving with that. Uh, Lexi Hagen, uh, again, I, I think we kind of saw this one coming. Uh, it was wide open at the start of the year. We weren't really sure if there was going to be a dominant player. I would say this this year by far, and we've talked about it before, is as open as it was for a player of the year to emerge. And so in the kind of season that it was where there wasn't a huge stat stuffer per se, it makes sense that Lexi Hagen got it. She's more than deserving with the way she was able to lead that team. And uh, yeah, not not really a huge surprise. Even with a Quate two-game defensive player of the year, that's more than deserving as well. Absolutely. Back to back. I mean, the only two years that they've given it away, Jay Quate has won it for Minnesota Morris, and she's one of a group of five leaving the program, so she obviously will be tough to replace for Coach Groves' club. I mean, Miranda Wagner, you could have made a case maybe wide for winning player of the year, but we've said it in the past. She, you know, her squad didn't win enough games. It's not necessarily all her fault, obviously, but Pretty strong first team. I mean, I think that team could win some ball games. You got some good shooting. You got some good post play, and we'll see what happens from there. I mean, do you have any more thoughts on the first team before we move on down to second team? Well, not not really. There's really not anybody on the first team that I would say they don't belong. Uh, I think every yeah. single one of them is deserving. And, uh, yeah, Wagner, Talso, uh, McGow, uh, and Hecox Hagen. And, uh, yeah, all, all five deserving. And uh, as there's some really good players on the second team, don't get me wrong. But uh, I, I have a tough time uh, moving anybody off of that first team. So, absolutely, all deserving, all great years. Second team, like I said, Ryan, a lot of great players as well. Yeah, and the one that jumps off the page to me, Wyatt, I mean, I think about Northwestern because they won the conference. And, you know, that's the team that I'm, you know, closer with as far as watching their games throughout the season versus anyone else. The Northwestern player on there, Wyatt, I, I mean, I think we have to remind people, she doesn't start. Mm-hmm. She's second team all-conference, and she comes off the bench. I mean, and when you look at her scoring numbers in relation to what Northwestern did offensively, she was right up there near the top, and especially what she did from three-point land. For Riley Hershey as a sophomore to be second team all-conference, and she didn't even start. I mean, the other four on the list start and play big roles, and, you know, Riley does as well to an extent, but she's not playing 30-plus minutes night in, night out. So that is... That's highly impressive and shows how much of a impression that she made around the league because, reminder, before we get too much further into this, Wyatt, this is not some arbitrary thing that, you know, the people in the UMAC offices just vote on these and put some names in an order and they select. No, the coaches vote on this. Yes. So th- this is not some <laughs> random process. There's a system that they go through for coaches throughout the league and then the players get ranked you know, thus on how coaches around the league give them points or whatever you want to call it, and then that's how they get set in first team, second team, and then honorable mention and so forth. So for her to be second team, I mean, you add in Anderson and Quate, two great players for Morris, and then Latsky from Crown, who's just maybe a step below Hecox, what she did this season, and then Emma Nelson for Martin Luther. The rest of them, you know, make a lot of sense, in my opinion, but Hershey's the one that jumps off the page. Yeah, I, I agree. I hear you. And then uh, Mackenzie Latsky, obviously an elite scorer and had a really good year, uh, certainly deserving on that second team as well. Uh, I don't really have much else to add with the second team. What's unique to me is you go down to honorable mention three yellow jackets in the honorable mention and that kind of sums up their team this year Ryan it wasn't just one player that led the way there were certainly times where Kaylin Christian was their leader and certainly did some things same with Dobson who's on there but you know that's the way they played all year they were very balanced and could hurt you in a lot of ways so it's kind of fitting that they have three right there on the honorable mention team it wasn't just one or two players leading the way 
Absolutely, and that none of them, you know, necessarily consistently jumped off the page either with big performances, and maybe that's why none of them were on the second team. Could you make an argument that Kalen Christian could have been on the second team instead of uh, an Emma Nelson shirt? You could maybe paint that picture. I'm not going to go deep into the numbers, but yeah, I agree with everything you said there. And you know, how surprised would you be, Wyatt, if we said coming into the season, first, second honorable mention team combined, you're going to have one Viking hmm. being Skyler Skyler Cotton. I don't think any of us saw that coming whatsoever no i i agree that's uh probably one of the biggest surprises in this uh whole thing like you said just not not their year and a lot of things that kind of happened and took place so but yeah again congrats to everybody same for those who made the all defensive team as well because ryan it's nice to have you know the flashy scoring and everything on the offensive end of the court there's two sides to this game, though, and uh, those are the ones that really get after it on the defensive side. So all worthy of that as well, and uh, good to see them get recognized as well. I Have they always done an all-defensive team? This is only the second year I think they've done this? or That, that sounds right, because they didn't just introduce defensive player of the year last year. They did defensive team as well. And maybe in the past three, four, five years ago, they did all-defensive team as well. I could be wrong on that. I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah something cool. I, I like it as well. And you look at players like Quate and Anderson, who were both names that we mentioned not that long ago on the second team, for them to also be repeats on the defensive team, you know, shows the identity really of Morris that we talked about all season long, and it's reflected here in the postseason awards. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, uh, that's that's on the women's side. Anything you want to add before we hop over to the men's side? No, I don't think there's too much controversy on – a lot of it and yeah I think we covered it pretty well and turns out one school Wyatt uh, had both names at the top as far as player of the year is concerned and uh, on the men's side I don't think we were too surprised by this one either no he won it going down the stretch I thought at the end of the regular season uh, Kyle came in from Northwestern congratulations to him on player of the year well deserved uh, so back-to-back years Northwestern gets the player of the year with Noah Alm winning it last year as well and like I said, he won it down the stretch, even the game in the postseason, which they vote on it before the postseason, I believe. But uh, that, that was a game that really stood out, too, when Northwestern needed something. He was the guy they were always looking at. So a uh, heck of a year for him. Uh, I can get on board with Seth Royston as well, being the defensive player of the year. I know Blake Munson as rookie of the year was a very popular selection. I think a lot of people thought that would be the case. And then Pat Garvin, head coach of Bethany, Coach Garvin, he deserved coach of the year. It was a phenomenal year for them as well. So really uh, no surprise there with any of the major ones by any means. No, and I'll say the same thing, you know, with coach of the year that I mentioned on the woman's side. It's not just because they won the conference and bam, give Mm -hmm. it to them. Bethany, there was questions. And I mean, for those of you who are listening right now and heard our conversation with Coach Garvin, if you haven't yet, I encourage you to go back and listen. That was just over a week ago and after they'd won the regular season title and he was talking about over 50% of their roster is new players from what they had last season. So yeah, we knew a ton of talent was coming in wide, especially when we looked at the transfer portal, but you don't know how it's all going to fit together. And the fact that they didn't just win the league, but won it by multiple games and didn't lose a game at home all season long and then you know, won the conference tournament in pretty convincing fashion, all that combined together, he definitely deserves it. And then, you know, combined with the fact that this is really his only second full season in the league, that all adds up and and makes sense to me. Interesting that on the first team, there's six guys. And this wasn't, you know, let's let's just give an extra (laughs) one because, and, you know, there was a tiebreaker here we see listed for the fifth spot on the team. So they had the same number of votes and the tiebreakers that they used to separate were unable to do so and i got some insider information on how this this works that i might not necessarily share but the process does make sense i can assure all of you that and it's interesting why to see crown college a team that didn't make the postseason has two guys on the umac first team do you feel like that's out of order and kind of doesn't make sense are you surprised by that because Cade's an interesting case okay, yeah we saw Megan McGowan on the woman's side who doesn't even join the team until late in December and then obviously plays most of UMAC play but she was really convincing in what she did well Cade was with the team all season long but kind of similar in the sense that he was out for a long stretch early before he got healthy from that ankle injury and back into the lineup Playing less time like that, I mean, does that go into, well, you got to play a certain amount to be on the first team? I mean, how do you look at that? 
I mean, I, nothing against Cade by any means because we've talked to him before, great guy, and love watching him play. And, you know, he was hampered with injuries again this year, so I don't think we truly saw the real him throughout the majority of the season. He's a great player. I mean, he could have easily won conference play, player of the year last year. With the body of work, though, I yeah, I don't know. And just the fact that Crown did finish outside of even making the postseason – Hard for me to think that you get two of them uh, on the first team, I guess. Uh, Royston had a monster year. I'm okay there. I maybe wouldn't have Cade on that first team. Um, I, I'm also surprised, and I get it. Maybe I'm a little biased because I saw you know the postseason, and that doesn't factor into it. It's hard for me to be convinced that Javon Walker is not uh, one of the five best players in this conference. I, I really believe that. So... I thought maybe he could have been in there. And, I mean, all these guys, really good players. I mean, Conagies are at a big year. He made the second team. The other Northwestern guys are on the second team. They're interchangeable in certain spots. So I, I get it. I would also be very curious to know what is the tiebreaker criteria because it says all the tiebreakers were unable to separate the tie for that fifth spot. So I don't think we've ever ran into a situation like this, but I guess we need some more tiebreakers to determine that, I guess. Well, and one quick note on that, Wyatt, before I get back to talking about UMAC players, actually, at least on Division Three side and what we do here is different than a conference that you follow very closely with your favorite team in Division One. Did you see yeah, well, what okay, the West okay. Coast Conference did? See, they always do this, though. It's every year. There's always 10 guys on the first team, and every year when it comes out, everybody's like surprised by it, and they have no idea that it's Rostein a thing. Rothstein every it, time. Yeah. <laughs> inconceivable that's what he always says and I get it I don't agree with it but stop <laughs> acting like it's a surprise everybody we all know they do he's, 10 he's hoping they're going to change it if they get enough backlash maybe yeah. the following year they won't well, have 10 guys again <laughs> they shouldn't have 10 guys it's a little odd but what are your thoughts too this wasn't an issue in the UMAC this year and I don't know that it ever has been maybe it has what are your thoughts on co-players of the year because the WCC had co-players of the year I'm a dead against that too there can only be one player of the year I agree. Why are we doing co-players of the year? You really couldn't know. find something to separate the two. And if you need one thing to separate the two, do the one that won more games and was better in the standings. And if that's tied there somehow, well, then figure out something else. But, yeah, it feels like you should be able to figure that out. And, Wyatt, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying with Javon because the dude plays 94 feet. Yeah. He's not on one side of half court and just doing things offensively. And it's tough, like you said, because what is most recent in our minds is what he did last Friday night at home against Northwestern to help propel his squad into the championship. And then what he was doing to try to keep his club afloat offensively really dialed in man in Mankato this past Sunday. And you know, a lot of this logic. And like you said, I mean, the voting does go in before the conference tournament. So yep. that's worth considering, but it still is most recent in our minds. And, you know, you look at a guy like Fahrenholtz, some people would say, really, that guy that I watched this past weekend, he's first team over a guy like his teammate, Javon Walker, and other guys you could talk about as well. It is a totality exercise, and Joseph obviously had a lot of big games that we know about. And, you know, Micah was really never a doubt to be on there just with how valuable he is to North Central and how he really carried that team. And Sagadol for I was going to say, yeah, Rain, same, I mean, same with yeah. Sagadol. I mean, all of them, and again, even with the two that are from Crown, they're both really good players, and, and you know, you could yeah. easily make a case they do belong on there. And again, this is voted on. It's not like somebody just makes it up and goes with it, so. Yep. Yeah, second team's a strong team. I mean, you know, the two guys from Northwestern that we talk about a lot, Henry averaged a double-double this season. Caleb had multiple double-doubles as well and was a beast on both sides of the floor for – large portions of the season and then Madsen Walker Connie geezer I I said at the start of the year for Morris to get into the playoffs they need Noah Connie geezer I don't know if you remember this why this was forever ago but I said he needs to perform like a first teamer and probably make first team to get in so that that didn't end up holding true he wasn't on <laughs> well, the first team and quite honestly with some of the inconsistencies he had during the season I understand why he wasn't on the first team now I think yeah his capabilities are that he could have been a first-teamer if he performed to that next level. And much like Javon Walker, you look at those guys at their best and you say that's a first-team all-conference player. But again, it's a totality exercise that we look at and all the coaches weigh in on it. And, you know, we go down to honorable mention and Bethany's got another one on there. So they're really spaced out with one on, you know, first, second, and then honorable mention team. So those three being well, Madsen, Ackley, Sagadol. Go ahead. Oh, oh and then they got. I was going to say you're yeah. missing a couple there. They they're just like the Yellow Jackets. They got three on the honorable mention, and that speaks yep. to how deep they were this year as well. 
Yeah, all our uh, fantasy guys well represented. So mm-hmm. five in all for Bethany. My apologies, Nielsen and uh, Patterson. I'm not trying to sell you short. And then, uh, you know, your guy Jordan Brennan getting some love on there. And then Tanner Holtman, you know, the the Robin to the Batman that is Hunter Filer getting some love on the honorable mention. And Paul Dak from Minnesota Morris. So I know these are just a bunch of names maybe to some people, but if you haven't heard, the postseason awards are out. If you want to find all of them written out, it's at umacathletics.com for that. So, yeah, Wyatt, defensive player of the year. I mean, could you argue that Mason Ackley is maybe a little butthurt because he guards the best players on every team, and you mentioned some of what he's trying to do against Javon Walker, and I'm not trying to knock on Seth Royce. Don't get me wrong. Like, Seth... He's my guy. People know that if you've listened throughout the year, he's a great shot blocker. But as far as taking on the challenge every single game and really doing a nice job to shut down scores, I think of what he did to Cade Carroll late in the game against Crown where he couldn't do anything. I think of what he did trying to slow down Kyle Kamink. I mean, he's he's got a case to be made. He's not far behind Seth, at least I would say, as far as defensive player of the year yeah I'm glad you brought that up that could be one thing maybe that could be up for discussion because he did have a a monster year on that end of the floor he's just that kind of a player hard-nosed gritty player and it shows with his box scores when he's getting these rebounds assists and just doing the little things that help a team win it certainly carries over the defensive side of the court as well and like you said always guarding the best player on teams too so I I get that argument again Royston had a really good year too though and his presence inside uh, certainly the best as far as the big Big men go in this conference. This feels like one of the better, I mean, UMAC all defensive teams that we've had in recent memory on the men's side. I mean, this this squad is nuts. I mean, imagine yeah. having to go up against Ackley, Dak, Nielsen, Royston, and Walker. You yeah. can't get up any easy shots in the lane. Guys in the perimeter are going to be eating your lunch where they don't need to switch, and they're just fighting through ball screens left and right. I mean, what are you doing against this defense, Wyatt? I mean, are you just fading away and hoping the shot goes in? I mean, I don't. Like, what well, are you doing? I, I don't know if that's the best uh, <laughs> strategy, but I'll tell you this. It'd be a tough team to beat. They'd also be able to score some points, too. So that that is a tough five right there on the all-defensive team. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm not a coach for a reason, Ryan. Don't, don't uh, expect <laughs> me to drop the X's and O's right now. I let that uh, – I leave that up to the professionals, and I get to just criticize them. That's what I uh, – that's that's what I do. So anyways, yeah, sure. no, lots of uh, lots of good names on here. Great players, really deep year in the conference for sure. Yeah, we know one coach, especially you like to criticize uh, in the Big Ten, but we're not talking Division One right now. Well, let's we're, win uh, a couple more games and we'd be, you know, <laughs> hey, we'd get along a, sudden, a little if, bit better. If they if they win five in Chicago next weekend, Wyatt, I mean, all this is taken away. All you got to do is get on a little run in Chicago. It's all you got to do. Uh, what are the chances they win one in Chicago? I mean, you're talking about five. I don't know. I, it's hard enough to win one game with this team or even be in a game with this team. My goodness. Hey, don't let them get hot. Don't let them get one because all of a sudden it just we, well, starts to roll together. We, we don't know because they haven't been hot all year, so we don't know what that's like for them. But anyways, that's enough yeah. of that. Let's let's get to these games because that's what we also want to talk about tonight. I know two teams are still going, Ryan. We got two representatives in the NCAA tournament. What do you think? Where should we start? Yeah, I uh, I say let's go ladies first. So, the University of Northwestern Eagles, as we've mentioned, won the UMAC tournament title, as you all know, listening to this, and their fate was sealed on Monday afternoon. And first, before we get to these matchups, Wyatt, real quick, a side note, okay? Were you following along the socials for the NCAA Division Three Twitter page how many times they rescheduled the selection show? No, they did this last year too, though I'm pretty sure, and everybody was upset. So, and and they did this so when I was back, you know, playing, and we we ended up winning the conference. We were fortunate enough my last year there for baseball. We thought we were gonna have a selection show. We weren't sure what was gonna happen. Yeah, eventually they just released the teams overnight. We didn't even get a selection show, and then we found out That's the next right. morning. So I forgot uh, about I'm that. Not you didn't super... even get that experience of sitting together as a team and seeing your name up on the screen. Not super. You got impressed. that taken away from you. Not super That's impressed sad. with the NCAA when it comes to how they handle some of these things. It's disrespectful. I'll just leave it yeah. at that. And come on, treat Division Three maybe not at the same thing as Division One. I. I mean, well, we're it's not, not. Naive, yeah, but I, treat I, it still I, with some <laughs> care. I mean. Yes, correct. And that's the thing. They want to say they care and act. I'm not saying they don't, but come on. I mean, they they could have been better in this instance. So I believe you, but no, I did not see it. So I'm going to assume it happened multiple times. Yeah, so it eventually happened. And as I'm at my desk doing my day job, I'm trying to follow along. The men's was supposed to happen long before the women's. And then by the time the men's one started, I... I swear it almost overlapped with the women's one. So eventually, you know, they were both 
release, but it was a long time waiting for Bethany. We're going to get to them in a moment. But Northwestern found out that they will be earning a weekend trip to Chicago. So at the very least, Wyatt, I mean, I know they want to do well and play good basketball, but if the season does end, I mean, you can go to Giordano's downtown Chicago on the corner, get yourself a slice. It'll be a great weekend. Dude, you cannot go wrong going to Chicago for a little weekend trip. I don't think they have that mindset. I hope they don't. That you know, oh, it's okay. You know, we we just go and do this if we lose. And I hear what you're saying, but I'm hoping they're going there and expecting to win. Well, regardless, it has been a great season for Northwestern, and yes, they Correct. want to make some noise at the Ratner Athletic Center and make it a uh, memorable weekend. Wyatt, this place looks immaculate. Do I, I mean, like to hear? The U of Chicago is doing it right. I mean, this is a $51 million facility. so Must be nice. Yeah, must be nice. We don't have that money in the UMAC, at least, <laughs> at least not yet. So uh, anyway, maybe it's a future day. Yeah, uh, this team's real good, Wyatt. They are uh, number 10 in the country, and they have multiple ranked wins throughout the season. When we look at it, they play uh, in the CCIW, which is real tough. They won that conference, uh, beating Washington uh, Univers- University of Washington St. Louis, in their conference championship contest. Don't know how many people care about that. Here's what's fascinating, White, okay, when we're talking about this Chicago club. Did you look at their box score? I, I don't know. This has got to be a misprint or something. This doesn't make any sense. It says in their starting five, one player dropped 31, and then two other players dropped two, and two other didn't score. I mean, that has to be incorrect, right? The, the order of these somehow had to be, like, last players on the floor and not their actual starters as it's listed because otherwise – they were just playing chess and everyone else was playing checkers and this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't know what I'm reading here. This makes is no it, sense. Is it better to be playing chess or checkers? Which one which one's better? What do you say? I mean, most of the times people say, you know, playing chess is the next level and checkers are for people like me who don't understand chess and haven't taken the time wow. to learn it. And they only do you actually do you actually not so, know how to play chess? It's not your I've game? never learned. I've wow. never learned. I'm speaking truthfully. Yeah. I think you'd like it. I think I think you yeah. should consider changing that. But anyways, um, okay. I did not look at the box score, so I I don't know for sure if if that is the case or not. But uh, what I will say is this matchup shows that the women's side maybe isn't getting quite as much respect as the men's side has because we mentioned that last year with Northwestern's matchup and even this year with Bethany's. You win a little bit more, you get a better matchup. Well, the women's side, I mean, sure, they've been there. They've had some good games. They've pulled off an upset. They haven't quite had the sustained success, though. So you're going to continue to get these tough draws because what? They've... Uh, they're number 10 in the nation. Like you said, they've beaten who uh, was number one in the nation at the time, and they have some other big wins. So, uh, I mean, this is not going to be an easy task for Northwestern. They're going to have to play their A game for sure. Yeah, against something called the Maroons. I mean, what kind of mascot is this, Wyatt? I mean, it's, that's it's a better bird than... that's called the Sage Hens from last year. It's the better Donald than Ducks, the Sage Hens, and, and I'm just trying to think of some of the other, like, obscure... Uh, mascot names like the Cobbers. The I'm not trying to Mastodons. You know, I mean, they're the Mastodons. One, but I think yeah. of the Mastodons. Yeah. Like, and how lazy is it when you just say like Big Red or uh, what? Yeah, what Cornell. What's the other one? There's something blue too, like Big Blue or something like that's the, just the whole lazy. Ivy League's a joke. I hear what you're saying. Just yeah. lazy. I mean, come on. So I, I'll give them that. They're they're better than that, I guess. But yeah, Phil the Phoenix will be pumping up the crowd uh, in the stands. The bird on a Friday night, apparently. <laughs> This game will be uh, at 8 p.m. Central time, the second of uh, two games taking place at that site. So, yeah, Wyatt, I mean, they're good. They got guard play that can fill it up. I mean, they had someone who dropped 31. She's a senior out of Chicago, five foot eight. But then otherwise they got some other size across the board that Northwestern uh, is going to have to deal with. They're not that big of a team, though. So when I talked to you earlier about, you know, what Northwestern really doesn't want in a matchup like this, I mean, just looking at the roster, no one is over six foot two. I, so that that's a big plus for Northwestern White for a team yeah. who I would say is definitely deeper at the guard position and they haven't shot it great honestly as of late so you're gonna have to you know what we say all the time in these matches we said it last year with North Central you got to shoot the ball over the top have a really good shooting night from three-point land try to do some things defensively but honestly you're gonna have to score wide okay when you're the underdog in a matchup like this we're gonna talk about you know similar things on the men's side to come but Northwestern's gonna have to kick their offense into another gear and what would you say you know is a ballpark number they got to score on the road do they got to get at least 65 if not 70 75 maybe pushing 80 
to win this game? I mean, I know that's not necessarily what Coach Cullen and his staff want to have to do, but if there is a scenario in this, is that what it's going to take against a team that is clearly a really, really good, tons of ranked wins, high-ranked wins against top 10 teams, and they're number 10 in the country right now? Yeah, I mean, somewhere around there. I, I think more than anything, it's even just the shooting percentage as well. I, I, they've been shooting pretty rough lately, even in their wins in the conference tournament. It doesn't really pop off the paper by any means. So I'm looking at them and I'm saying, you're probably going to want to shoot around 50%, quite frankly, if you want to have a chance, just knowing what they can do uh, and, and just what they're capable of, especially since they're not that big. I, I think that shows they're, they're going to hurt you in other ways and, and find ways to score on you. So I think Northwestern has to be efficient. They have to score. Uh, again, it's hard to put a number on it, but somewhere in that range, like you said, 75, maybe 80, somewhere around there. It'll be it'll be a game where Northwestern has got to get off to a quick start. You cannot afford yep. to get behind. And I mean, we'll talk about this with Bethany as well, but in NCAA tournament games, and you even mentioned it before we hopped on, there's no such thing as settling in. You better be ready to go right away and uh, jump a team especially when you're the underdog per se and are uh, trying to get off to a, a good start is is crucial because when you're playing against a team that's just let's face it more talented than you are uh, you got to try and stun them early maybe catch them when they're nervous and if you don't they're going to settle in very quickly and they're they're going to eventually overtake you yeah and you know what if I'm coach call Yost or Goodwin that's all I'm preaching throughout this week Let's focus on the first five minutes of the first quarter. They're going to walk into their home gym thinking that this is a cakewalk. They've been rewarded with their great season by a absolute walkover game in the first round where they really can be at a CC minus level and just stroll into the gym and the game's just going to be given to them. Like, land something early, okay? And we don't know how the rest of the game's going to go. We don't have to worry about it. You know, coaches can talk about in their own private discussions away from the team throughout this week about that, but... As far as with your team, let's land something in those first five minutes. I don't know if you, you know, there's not really, this isn't football, Wyatt. There's not a, you know, punter throwing the football and a flea flicker and a double reversal and a, you know, Sounds reverse fun. kickoff return or something. <laughs> I mean, these are all fun things. But in basketball, I mean, you know, if you, you put a press, they're going to see that. I don't know if that's something that makes sense for Northwestern at all even. But, yeah, you're going to have to knock down some shots from the outside and if I'm the Eagles and in so many teams in a disadvantage like this, if you have some really good players attacking the lane, yeah, you want to get out on shooters, don't get me wrong. But, why? I mean, it feels like you may be playing a 2-3 and Northwestern's played a lot more man this season, as we talked about with Coach Call last month before uh, we got into the conference tournament and talking about what's been different about this team, what Coach Yost has implemented, a lot more man-to-man. And that's been really good in the UMAC, and they've had good on-ball defense and a lot of good individual defenders. I don't it, – it's a different ballgame. I was going to say I don't know if that works the same. It's just straight – it's a different ballgame. When you're playing a team from the CCIW, the competition that this Maroons or the Phoenix or whatever you want to call them, Chicago, played against – that's not necessarily going to work out the same way if you have ISO looks across the board and they can spread you out. So honestly, I think, you know, you're playing a zone and you're daring them to shoot over the top. And if guess what? The favorite on their home floor has a really good shooting night from deep wide. I don't know if there's much you can do to stop it. I would say the same thing on the men's side of the coin when you're an underdog in that kind of a spot. I mean, we've seen it before in the past with Northwestern where they've came into a road gym, shot it really well from deep, and the other team's been a little tight and hasn't shot it great. I'm not saying you just don't defend the three at all, but you're kind of saying when it gets later in the shot clock and they have a drive and kick, if it's an open three ball and they make most of them, you just kind of live with it, right? I mean, the last thing you want, though, is just to give them a red carpet opportunity to walk into the lane and score. So... That's just a big word jumble, but that's what I'm thinking. If I'm Northwestern, I agree with you. You got to get off to a good start. First five minutes. It's all I'm talking about all week. You can make adjustments from there, but if I'm the Eagles coaching staff, that's all I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned all the stuff you can do in football. There's not much you can do in basketball. It's a little There's, different. <laughs> there is some. I mean, you can try and throw in some traps here and there, maybe a press. Maybe, you know, you do go zone, you go man. I don't know. You do got to try and be creative in certain parts of that, even if, let's say, team takes a timeout and it's late in the half or late in the game, let's say, if it's still close, come out with a different defensive look maybe. Throw them off, you know, something they're not ready for, or play that they maybe drew up that's not going to be able to be applied. You know, you, you have to be doing whatever you can to give yourself an upper hand as far as that goes. So I'd be throwing everything at them if I'm Northwestern. You have no reason not to, nothing to lose, and then let the chips fall where they may. Amen.
Nothing to lose. Play loose. We will be watching that one again. Five. No, I was getting ahead to the Bethany game. Eight. Yeah, no, eight o'clock. Yep. Central time, Friday night. This will be the back half because before that matchup, Wyatt, you can sit down and get comfortable at 435 Central. It was 535 Eastern, so I was incorrect on that, as it'll be Hope College playing Bethany Lutheran, but not in Michigan, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, Wyatt. And a round of applause for the second straight year. A UMAC team is not the number four seed going to a site. They're not playing the regional host. They are the number three, and they are getting some respect for the second straight season. Northwestern, we've talked about it a lot in the past. They didn't capitalize. It was a game we believe they honestly should have won, but nonetheless, they got the respect. And Bethany, Wyatt, rightfully so, with the fantastic 23-4 and four season they put yes. together, they're getting respect as well. That's that's what I was going to bring up. You go 23-4, and four, it doesn't matter what conference you're in necessarily. Uh, you're you're going to get a, a decent seed, and that's what happened here. And it's a decent matchup, all things considered as well. I know you really like the matchup. Yeah, I mean, straight up, are we already going to that point where I have to say what I, I think is going to happen in this I mean, game? If, I mean, if you want to delay that? a little bit more and talk about Bethany's something else, feel free. But no, you're, you're saying Bethany's, Bethany's winning the game. Winning the game. They should win the game, and they're going to go win the game. And for any Bethany supporters, whatever, listening to this, saying, oh, too much pressure on them. Why are you saying that? They could lose this game. Hope's really good. They play in the MIAA. I mean, they got a lot of respect, a lot of great competition. Sure, all that's true. They still lost nine games. It's a really good draw. And Bethany has the capability to win a shootout. And if their offense is at the top level that it can be, like we saw this past Sunday in Mankato. I know different circumstances, but quite honestly, Wyatt, they don't even have to be over the moon good offensively like they were in so many facets on Sunday. I don't think it even has to be a perfect game. There is more than a path to victory, though, I truly believe for this Bethany team. But again, what does it come down to? First 10 minutes of the game, like you, you've got to show up and you got to deliver the first punch. And I'm not saying you got to build a 10-point lead in the first half and be up by double figures, but I would say at the very worst, Wyatt, when we look at 10 minutes left in the first half, at the very worst, you're down five. You cannot be in a hole of near 10 points in the opening half in a game like this and be playing catch-up. Not that the game's over, don't get me wrong, but you got to send a message early in this ballgame and be ready to go from the jump. And I like the ways that they can match up offensively scoring against this team they have a lot of different options and it could be another one where you got to shoot it really well from deep and past umac upsets we've seen wyatt the first team to beat st john's on the road was not northwestern it was bethany back in 2018 uh the rose twin brothers uh neil eichton uh trenton krieger I, i won't keep naming guys on that team that we remember but then Northwestern did against St. John's. Both of them similar. You are not going into a game like this. I know you're not playing a, a region host. It, it is a little bit different. But you're not going into a game like this, Wyatt, and going to win 66-62. to 62. I mean, that's not Bethany's MO to start with. Don't get me wrong. But you go out there and you say, all right, first one to 80. Let's go get it. Hmm. Huh? I don't necessarily dis- disagree with you, but, I mean, you do have to play defense. I mean, yeah. you, you have to have that mindset to on that extent, end of the floor. Once you get to March, scores, I mean, go get yours. Well, you're right. You do I enough mean, defensively. It doesn't yeah. matter if you win 95-90 to 90 or if you're winning 55-50. to 50. The 95-90 to 90 is more fun. It's more exciting yep. for us. So, I mean, we like that. But it, here's the deal. I agree with what you're saying. They got to get off to a good start. They can shoot over the top. They can score a lot of points. We've seen that all throughout the year. It's going to be tougher against Hope. They're they're a very good defensive team based on what I'm seeing. And then I'm looking at the size, too. They got some yeah. big guys up front. Gabe Quillen, I think is how you pronounce his last name, 6'9", a sophomore from Grand Forks Catholic back in his high school days. Well, guess what? Bethany better say a prayer because they got to find a way to stop this man. He's been shooting threes, too. He, he can step outside. That's going to be a mismatch there for Bethany. Hunter Nielsen's going to have to hold his own in this game. And I, I look at the size. Bethany's more guard-driven. And I know Mason Ackley, he, he's their do-it-all kind of guy, can grab boards, get assists, and kind of play that hard no style. He's going to have to be on the court almost at all times, and he's going to have to play much bigger than he is in a game of this magnitude. Yeah, it's a really interesting matchup. I mean, they're leading score wide in their conference championship win over Calvin, their rival on the road 
winning a couple games down the stretch against Calvin to get themselves this auto berth into the NCAA tournament. He's a, just a freshman, and he's 5'10", but then you mentioned yeah. the other size that they got on the board as well, and it's not just about scoring, obviously, and you know some other names that we could go down the line and mention. I mean, Evan Thomas, one of their leaders, a senior, 6'4". So I think there are similarities, though, when we see an upset it is what you can do shooting over the top. I mean, we remember how many times we saw last year, Wyatt, where Pomona was kind of daring Northwestern to shoot the three. And they were giving them that on pick and pops left and right where they weren't guarding the roller. And Northwestern said, fine, we're just going to continue to shoot it. I, come into the gym, Bethany, and be more than willing to shoot open jump shots and shoot them with confidence. Well, and I think they will be. I mean, that's kind of yeah. been their thing all year. So I, I don't think they, they'll be afraid uh, of that or the moment. So... It's just a matter of if they can hit a few early ones. I think it makes a big difference when you see the ball go through the hoop early, especially in a game like this. So uh, that's that's going to be a big key for them. And, yeah, it should be should be a heck of a game. I, I think it's a great matchup for Bethany, all things considered. I'm not as far as you are on it as to say they're just going to go in there and win, period, and they're, they're going to do it. I mean, I would love if it happened. It is going to take some work, though. I believe we're the UMAC podcast and uh, we got a squad in a good spot. So I'm trying to help speak it into existence. And I truly do believe it folks. Like I believe Bethany is going to find a way to win this game. And if just if they don't, I think the first name you mentioned is it Gabe Quillen or however you pronounce his name. If he finds a way to really muddy the waters on both sides of the floor and he's just too much to handle. And does that force Bethany Wyatt to have a Hunter Nielsen out there more often? Because Possibly. he's really the he's really the only guy that can semi match that size. Again, I mean, you mentioned this guy's a you know behemoth, six foot nine, two thirty, the sophomore out of Ada, Michigan. So Bethany is guard oriented in a way from what we see with a lot of their lineups. And then when you go down the line, I mean, he had a really good game off the bench on Sunday. But can Riley Ashburn rise to the task at six foot four? And then you know, obviously, we look at Hunter; he's just an inch shorter. Than Quillen, but I mean, again, he's a he's a tree trunk at two thirty. So, yeah, I I don't want to get too much just into size numbers because that is obviously not the whole game of basketball. But I do believe I don't know what the number is exactly, Wyatt, but it feels like Bethany can't shoot worse than thirty six, thirty seven percent from deep. Uh, you may have to shoot forty plus, and th they can do that. I mean, we look back at you know what they did on championship Sunday in their win against superior that got convincing down the stretch. And I know it's not the same thing as playing in your home gym versus what you're doing now on the road in Oshkosh on Friday night. But I mean, they shot at 46% from downtown. It's obviously capable to do that. Now, are you going to get a guy like Alex Sharma off the bench going four for four from deep again in the NCAA tournament? I don't know, but, uh, Drew Sagadol obviously better bring his buckets on the road, and then everyone else has got to follow, and you think of guys like Jax Madsen as well. So I don't want to just keep adding names, but this is tantalizing, Wyatt. And if you're Bethany and you're a Vikings fan, could you ask for anything more? Obviously, it's going to be tough in the NCAA tournament. You've earned the right to be 1-64 still playing, but almost everyone, if not everyone there, is more than deserving and capable of winning a ball game. And so at that point, you say, all right, let's roll the ball out and play. And there are certain things that can be a little more favorable than others as far as the draw goes. I think this is about as favorable as it gets. And I don't want to just label and say, especially for a UMAC team, but they are representing the league. And it does help that they didn't just go 23-4, and four, but they have some legit wins in non-conference. So, Bethany, remember that. You're, you're representing, you know, your institution first and foremost. I get that. And that is obviously, you know, more than valid and worthy. But. Why? They're carrying the banner as well. And the Correct. UMAC has a reputation. They said it in the selection show. I don't know if you saw it. I did the, the D3 hoops expert, I don't know the guy's, the gentleman's name, but he was helping the NCAA guy. He said, all right, well, look at this matchup here. The Vikings going into this one against Hope College, a really good team who beat Calvin on the road. But don't overlook these UMAC squads. They've been known for upsets before. So Bethany definitely capable, had a great season. I know that's just a short little blurb. <laughs> but uh, people are already writing that. Let's keep the narrative, Wyatt. Because if Bethany yeah. loses this game, all of a sudden it's all right. Back to back years, the UMAC squad got a little favor. They weren't the four seed playing a region host. They're playing a team with nine losses. I know Hope's good. Don't get me wrong. But just like we talked about with Pomona last year, a good matchup for Northwestern. They couldn't cash in. Let's not make it. Up, oh, gave them another bone. They didn't cash in. Because that, I think, affects. What happens in the future as far as potentially how we seed the UMAC going forward? So I hope 
they can take advantage, and then you win the first one, and it's a cliche, Wyatt, but I think it's true. Anything can happen from there. And who played UW Oshkosh in that first Saturday in March four years ago? Well, uh, North Northwestern did. Yeah, so let's get and, that rematch against Oshkosh as a UMAC did, squad. Did not go very well for him, though. Did so not go well. Goes, well, that team did win the national championship. Well, they, Oshkosh they were, can't win a natty again, right? I mean, they, those YX schools aren't loaded enough to do that, are they? They were insane. That was the best <laughs> Division Three basketball team I've ever seen, by far. Like They were a wagon. All that, the way through the tournament, was, they were. Yep. Yeah, that that really was insane. But, uh, yeah, no, I really don't have a lot to add to that. No pressure on you, Bethany. I mean, Ryan's setting up this big thing about how you have to go represent and – no pressure. Just play your game. Do your thing. Yeah, you, you can play the underdog card, and you can do that, and uh, you should early. But you should also have a certain level of confidence. Wyatt, a guy you and I know pretty well, said before the St. John's game, after they got the matchup and they saw the first round of tape, he said three days out from the game, we're winning the game period, and we're doing it by double digits. It will not be close. And Northwestern did it. They Sorry. won by double digits. It it, it, kind of, it it was close for a while. I mean, yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was never nerve wracking. I mean, four or five minutes ago, it was over. It was over. I mean, for Pete's sake, they subbed out all the starters with like a minute left, so it was really over. So I don't know if that's going to happen with Bethany, but uh, I'm pretty confident Wyatt. They have some confident dudes who aren't just saying, "Ah, oh, yeah, hopefully oh, if yeah. this, this, and this goes right." They know. They know. They're talking in their own circles. Maybe not saying it directly to their coaches, but uh, yeah. We're going in to Oshkosh with bad intentions, and now we're playing at least two games. Well, we're playing two games, period. You can't play more than two games this weekend. They will play two games, and then we'll uh, see what happens from there. So this one, this one, the earlier one, 430 start. So I hope, Wyatt, you can find a way to somehow get out of all your work obligations so we can uh, watch history as another UMAC team wins in the NCAA tournament on Friday. Um, I'm, I'm just a day by day guy right now, Ryan, you know, I live one day at a time, so hard to say what, what Friday is going to bring at this point, but if I can tune in, if I can tune in, you know, I will. So we will, we will see how it goes, but yeah, best of luck to both teams as they represent the UMAC. Hope it goes well. And, uh, we will definitely have our eyes and ears locked in to that. Also, we did. So real quickly, are they winning or not? I mean, are you just not making a prediction at all? Are you, can you give us a percentage chance they do win? I'm just I saying think it's a toss-up. I think it's a toss-up, 50-50. I, I, okay. I think they will win. I'm just not as confident about it as you are. Like, th- okay. there's there's a reason Hope, I mean, is in the tournament, too. They're a very good team. So there's there's going to be some challenges there. But I do think Bethany wins the game. I think they bring their three-point shooting with them. And even with the size advantage that Hope has – I, I think Bethany will be able to overcome that, maybe have some plans in place because they got days to prepare for this. It's not like they're just, you know, coming off yes. of a back-to-back or, you know, they, they aren't aware of what they're up against. They're going to be well-informed on how to handle hope. And uh, I, I think that'll suit them well, and I think they'll get it done. Yeah. Vikings fans, get on down to the Colf Sports Center this weekend and uh, show some support for them. Should be a fun Friday for both UMAC squads, and then uh, we will see why, obviously, if it does go into Saturday. I'm not going to go as far as to say that they're going to beat Oshkosh. No. You know why? Because I don't know if they're going to play Oshkosh. I mean, Oshkosh, first off, I mean, what we keep saying, all these good teams in the tournament, they got to get by Fontbon University out of Missouri. Sounds like a made-up school. I mean, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I mean, Fontbon? got to get by them first off, so. Okay. I think they will, uh, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, but could be wrong. Never know. And then a UMAC hey, squad trying look, to get revenge against Oshkosh. Could be wrong. I mean, I said Carlton was trash. And where, where'd they go, by the way? They they yeah. won the Mayak, and I think they they're, were... Uh, uh, they're playing close to the same time as Bethany is. i got to have some multi-screen action going on. I think they're going to Wheaton, but they're not playing Wheaton, where it's the one versus the four. Sure. Um, I will have it up here in a second if you want to tap. So, in. so multiple schools though from Minnesota that did not get a four seed. You know, that's there's yeah. some good level of basketball up here in this neck of the woods. Just Represent. saying, finally getting Preach. some of that respect. So, yeah, I noticed Absolutely. they were they were in a different region altogether, and I mean they had a great year, so yeah. they would be. That deserving. would have been sweet if they're in the same one, but obviously. Oh, how about this? This how could I not remember this? A site that you and I know a lot about, De Pere, Wisconsin. Oh well, yeah, see that's Pier, why because they're not the host, but they're playing Saint Norbert. That so that makes sense. Compelling. Yeah, yeah. So and and that's I mean you play 
I know it doesn't work this way, but the transitive property game, Wyatt, okay, if one result leads to this, then this result is this. Northwestern, I think, lost by, like, two against St. Norbert in the, you know, holiday tournament final that they played. Well, Carlton beat Northwestern handily when they played them. So, by the transitive property, they're going to win their first-round game. Not that this is a Mayak podcast. No one cares about that, but... Northwestern lost to Carlton by 15, and then Northwestern, actually, I was wrong. They beat St. Norbert by five. So, Carlton will beat St. Norbert by double digits. Write it down. It's all over. They're going to win that game at four. They tip off at 415, and then Bethany tips off at 435. So, that's a nice little Friday slate, and then those games roll right into uh, Northwestern at the University of Chicago Friday night at 8. There you go. There you go. Love it. Yeah, no, sounds good, man. And looking forward to it. We did try to get some conversations with the yes, two teams ahead tried, of time. Folks. It we just tried. with travel, travel and our schedule and they're it. just, yeah, it, it, it didn't work out, unfortunately. So, hey, if they make a second weekend, we will 100 yep. percent have uh, them on. So we're hoping that happens. But uh, do wish them the best of luck. And yeah, that's all I got for you, Ryan. Yeah, they told us uh, we got bigger fish to fry, so uh, don't bug us. So we said, "All right, we we're just asking." No worries. Nobody, no, nobody exactly said. Nobody said such things. <laughs> yeah, if they were thinking uh, it, that's fine. Because I mean, it is true. I mean, they do have other things to worry about. But that would be a great quote-unquote problem to have if we had to circle back to that next week, like you said. It's true. If someone is dancing into the sweet sixteen, wow, what a uh, what a joy that would be for one of those squads. You know that we will be. Cheering them on. So, as I mentioned earlier, UAOTheUMAC at gmail.com or at UAOTheUMAC on Twitter. We're trying to finish this thing strong. We'd love to hear from you as we head down the stretch. It is March. It is a beautiful thing. Soak it up. Enjoy it. The frenzy is over, but we still have a couple more UMAC teams in play for at least a little bit longer. You know we'll enjoy it. We hope you do as well this weekend watching on these streams or heading out to Chicago or Oshkosh as well. I'm sure some people listening to this will be on site for those matchups. So, hey, if you are, I mean, let us know what you're seeing, your you know, feedback from being in the gym for one of those matchups. I mean, we will eat that stuff up and we will use it on our podcast early on next week when we recap whatever shenanigans take place this weekend. Time to represent Carry the banner for a league that truly is unlike any other.